Well, hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, part of the Informed Traveler radio show, heard every Sunday on Chorus Radio. It's a travel show where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman, and it's looking more and more like a summer of domestic travel and exploring our own backyard, at least until the international borders and restrictions are relaxed a bit. But if you are looking to get away for a short trip within our own borders, there's a new book out to give you some ideas. It's called 150 Nature Hotspots in Canada, and the author is Debbie Olson. So we'll be speaking with her about that book later on. And if a road trip is in your plans this summer, you might be interested in a travel app called Gypsy Guide to enhance your experience. So we'll learn about that in the podcast as well. But we're going to start things out talking about a new poll conducted by Vision Travel that gives us an idea on when people are actually looking to book a trip somewhere. To tell us more about it, we're very pleased to have join us now the president of Vision Travel. He's Brian Robertson. Their website is visiontravel.ca. Hi, Brian. Hey, Randy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Uh, we're going to talk at this uh, poll you did with your clients. That's the one thing that makes it a little bit different than... Uh, other polls, I think, is that you're talking to the people that book travel, and you had a, a good selection of people, over 5,000. Uh, so uh, tell me about the poll itself first and what kind of questions you asked. Well, the main purpose of it was to uh, understand our clients' uh, sentiments uh, as to travel uh, you know, during the COVID-19 uh, crisis. And it's a combination of what clients are looking to do uh, in, in their future travel plans and, uh, you know, their sentiments regarding the travel itself and uh, opening up borders and travel restrictions and things of that nature. So mm-hmm. uh, we really just wanted to get a, a real idea of what people were thinking uh, can, during this uh, crisis situation. Well, the numbers I have, uh, two-thirds say they're already planning something whether it's soon or down the road. So uh, is that a good number for you? Or, like, how do you look at the numbers? Well, the, the fact that people are considering travel and looking forward to travel is really positive for us. Uh, you know, this, uh, this uh, crisis has really been devastating for everybody in the travel and hospitality industry, not just here in Canada, but uh, globally, mm. as you can imagine. And, I mean, our business is down substantially because uh, travel's been restricted. So getting people uh, back into the idea of travel, uh, wherever that is, whether it's in Canada or internationally, is, is uh, you know, that's key for us. So the fact that uh, this many people are really planning or imagining their next trips is pretty positive. Mm-hmm. We like the results. Uh, and, and if you break it down a little further, 16% said for this year, well, we're already halfway into June, so this year is halfway done anyway. So I guess you can look at numbers any different way, but uh, 16% saying looking for travel this year, and then 46% said for 2021, well, that's just six months away. So I guess it depends on how you look at the numbers. I suppose if if you're a positive person, that's pretty good too. Oh, certainly. And, you know, our our company does uh, leisure travel, corporate travel, and meetings. So we've got a real cross-section of clients, uh, uh, really, across North America and globally. But this survey was really focused on leisure uh, travel, vacation travel. Mm -hmm. And as you can imagine, uh, once the uh, COVID-19 crisis hit, uh, all travel came to a standstill. So 
everybody that we had booked, uh, regardless of uh, how they were traveling, uh, was pretty much put on hold. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we've we've gone through this whole process of having to um, rebook and cancel and uh, plan for their their future travel. And for a lot of cases, what people have done is whatever they had planned in 2020, they really just you know had been forced to put it on hold. And they've said, okay, well, we can't do it in 2020. We're going to do it in 2021, next year. So I think that's really what people are doing is, you know, travel's been put on hold for obvious reasons, but uh, whatever they wanted to do this year, uh, why not do it next year? So they've pretty much just taken the exact same travel plans and uh, pushed them forward into 2021. Mm-hmm. Which is good down the road, but in the interim, uh, you're still, there's still a cash crunch. You still have to, uh, you know, yeah. pay the bills and things like that. So, and I, I think this is sort of the conundrum when people, uh, for travel agencies and advisors, is that when you look at, uh, you know, domestic trips, that's usually when a lot of people book on their own. Is that what you find too? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's almost, um, I don't know how's the best way to describe this. You know, when people say, uh, what, uh, uh, you know, what goes around comes around, I guess. Uh, back when I started in this business, uh, travel agents, uh, travel advisors, travel agencies, we we booked a lot of that domestic travel mm-hmm. for clients. Uh, we, you know, we were pretty much specialists in how to get around Canada and travel to Atlantic Canada, travel to the Rockies, travel to the West Coast. Uh, we knew how to do that pretty well. And to your point, a lot of people do book that online today. Um, they choose to make their own travel arrangements, so uh, that's fine. And, and travel agencies, travel advisors, have, for the most part, uh, been focusing more on um, international travel mm-hmm. uh, because they're you know they've got the expertise and they've got the relationships with the travel providers internationally. And Canadians seem pretty comfortable with booking travel within their own country. But now. Uh, we've got a, a situation where, uh, with all the travel restrictions, uh, uh, certainly at this point right now, the only place that Canadians can really travel uh, without travel restrictions is, uh, for the most part, within Canada. So uh, we've been working with our preferred partners, our uh, air, car, hotel, uh, even RB providers, to uh, make sure we've got the right programs in place and, and the right deals in place so that people want to travel in Canada. Uh, they can speak with their neighborhood travel advisor, the, the one that they uh, trust and respect, and they can help them uh, plan their Canadian travel this year. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's the, the change of the mindset of the consumer is, hey, you know, we can book that too, right? <laughs> well, they do. They, you know, and, and it's interesting because people are refocusing on Canada for the reasons that we just said. And um, the companies that are you know, with globalization, a lot of the companies that operate in Canada are companies that we work with uh, around the globe. So mm-hmm. uh, there's, you know, most of the major resorts in Canada are part of global chains, and those are companies that we book all the time, and we've got great relationships with them. So uh, we're trying to put together the best uh, value programs that we can for people uh, in Canada. And then as the borders open up and travel restrictions are lifted, we'll be able to help people again traveling the United States and beyond. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a great uh, time to explore your own country, and you can do it with the folks from Vision Travel. Their website is visiontravel.ca, and Brian Robertson is the president of Vision Travel Solutions. Uh, appreciate your time, Brian. Thank you. Thank you very much, Randy.
So if a road trip isn't your plans this summer, you might be interested in a travel app called Gypsy Guide to enhance your experience. Joining me now to tell us more about Gypsy Guide is Rick Bullich. He is the founder and CEO of Gypsy Guide. The website is gypsyguide.com. Hi, Rick. Hi, Randy. Happy to talk to you today. Yeah, I'm excited to learn about Gypsy Guide. Tell me uh, what Gypsy Guide is and how it came about. Sure. So uh, Gypsy Guide, uh, the idea behind it was that we wanted to enhance people's road trips and sightseeing experience by providing the sort of the independent self-driving traveler with a guided tour experience. Uh, so to do that, uh, we've produced apps that you download onto your phone, mm-hmm. and it uses the app's location abilities to play commentary automatically as you drive. So your phone knows where you are. Uh, we use that information to have it trigger and uh, play commentary and tell you about the things that you're seeing right at the moment that you're seeing them. Or we might tell you about a place of interest that's coming up that you might be interested to stop for. Uh, or we'll be sharing stories about um, uh, characters and uh, interesting information just to help you make that deeper connection with the region that you're visiting. Mm-hmm. So really uh, raising the level of the experience of touring around by yourself. Well, and I, I, I would assume I've never used any of these types of apps. So um, it's different from other apps in that sense that it just offers more information. It's not just a, a guide on how to get you somewhere, right? Yeah, it's not, uh, it's not navigation. It's much more of an actual guiding experience. So we're really replicating. If you uh, happen to have a human tour guide who's also your friend riding along with you, how would they... Uh, how would they show you around? What sort of things would they uh, tell you about? Where would they take you? So that's what we're replicating. And so it's really, it's a very new media, a very new type of experience. Most people don't know that this kind of thing exists, Um, but it's very different than turn right, turn left, or Mm -hmm. trying to read a directory app that just has a whole bunch of listings of things um, that you need to sort through yourself. We're your friend riding along with you is the best way to think about it. Well, and friends do uh, can help you with directions. So can this help you with directions <laughs> if you are looking for something specific? <laughs> a lot of our tours, because we do a lot of um, national parks and scenic drives, um, it's nothing like city driving. So usually the navigation is quite easy. Uh, and um, we are we are providing you a route to follow. Uh, we'll take you to all the best things and a lot of things that you might not even know exist mm. in the place that uh, that you're going to. So the commentary will always include um, all the all the directions that you need. So it's just like, you know, if you're if you're a spouse or your partner was riding along, <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't miss this next left. Uh, that's that's how we navigate you around. Nice. Uh, so, like, what? Give me an example of what I would learn. Say, if I'm, I don't know, driving to Banff or something like that, and I pass, uh, um, I don't know, the Three Sisters Mountains, for example. Uh, not that the, I have anything specific on that, but but if I pass a, a specific cool. spot, and that's when it, the GPS kind of kicks in, and and I would learn something about that, right? Sure, sure. Look, let me give you an example of like on the Icefields Parkway, for example. Say you're driving from Lake Louise up towards Jasper in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually uh, along that route, we weave in the story of a couple of the early uh, explorer types, um, Collie and Wooly were their names, who hired a local guide from Banff 
and uh, they ventured their way up the Icefields Parkway because there was great missing sections on the map and they wanted to know what was actually there. And so as we kind of followed their steps, uh, we're also talking about the places they encountered, like you know, Collie and Woolly, they've been out on the road for five days and they've made it to Bow Lake and they see the, the toes of the Crowfoot Glacier and we're seeing them at the same time as we're telling the story. So it's, um, it really places you there uh, at, the, at that um, particular place of interest right when you're doing it as well. So we'll explain to people uh, if it's something that they want to stop off and see or it's always your choice. Uh, you can just ignore the recommendation and continue on to the next place. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll tell you roughly what it entails to visit somewhere, how much time you should expect to spend there, what you're going to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll sort of nudge you towards uh, whether it's something that's you know, a must-do that you wouldn't want to miss in the area, or if it's something that if you're tight for time, it's okay to, to continue on. But mm -hmm. some things you definitely wouldn't want to miss on the drive, and we'll always make sure that's very clear. So in between sites, is there silence? Is there music? What's, what, what entertains me in between? Uh... Sure. The guides are quite chatty. Uh, <laughs> we experimented a lot in the very early days about, uh, yeah, what's the right amount of content? And we figured that uh, if you downloaded the tour, uh, then you want to hear it. So we decided to make the tours very talkative, um, so, yes, maybe like your chatty friend that you wish would uh, be quiet sometimes. <laughs> but uh, typically uh, there aren't long periods of silence, you know, but it will often take some time to get from place to place. Mm -hmm. And during that time, that's when we'll tell stories. And um, So they're not specifically about things that you're seeing, but they're uh, just tales and, um, and, you know, like little bios of characters who are important to the region. And so, uh, yeah, so it makes the time almost pass even more quickly because yeah. you're actually engaged and listening. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, uh, so you can play your music in the background if you feel that you absolutely must, but <laughs> uh, a lot of the time you won't even get through a full song before the next uh, commentary point will start playing. Well, then I guess it, because it's uh, part of your phone, it doesn't matter if you're renting a car or whose vehicle you're in, right? Absolutely. I would say that most of our clients are actually renting either rental cars or RVs. Uh, what are, you mentioned you know, Icefields Parkway and, and some of the tours that are in uh, you know, Alberta, B.C. What are some of the other destinations offered, and are you adding more as time goes by? Yes, we are. We're really thrilled. We have an overwhelmingly positive response. People do love the tours. Um, we're not just kidding ourselves. You can read the reviews. Uh, so uh, we expanded. We began in Banff. That's um, that was our home, uh, and that was the first place that we did. So we did the Canadian Rockies. Uh, but then we started to get requests really quickly for other places. So we actually have a lot of tours uh, in um, south of the border in national parks. A lot of the western U.S. national parks. Hawaii is a really big destination for us. Everyone likes to drive around an island and mm -hmm. see what's around the corner. Um, yes, and Canada as well. And so we're always, uh, we are always working on tours. We put a lot of effort into creating the tours that are, you know, that are um, comprehensive and entertaining. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And some of our tours take multiple days to drive. So uh, it's a big job to, to curate all of that content. 
Um, so yeah, we're always adding new places, uh, but at the moment it's it's all Canada, um, US, and Hawaii. Uh, we should mention it's not a free app, but uh, once you've downloaded it, you can use it again and again. I guess there's probably updates, though, as, as time goes by, though, right? Yes, that's right. So uh, you do purchase the tours. They range from $5 up to about $20, be the most expensive. And um, once you purchase it, it is yours. So there's no time limit. You can use it as much as you like. And when we publish updates to the tours, you get those updates as well. Nice. Well, it's Gypsy Guide. The website is gypsyguide.com. And Rick Bullich is the founder and CEO of Gypsy Guide. It sounds like a lot of fun and a good way to enhance uh, your tours this summer. So thanks for your time, Rick. I appreciate it. Uh, We all want to be informed travelers like you, Andy. So good work. Well, it's looking more and more like a summer of domestic travel and exploring our own backyard, at least until the international borders and restrictions are relaxed a bit. But if you are looking to get away for a short trip within our own borders, there's a new book out to give you some ideas. It's called 150 Nature Hotspots in Canada, and the author is Debbie Olson. Debbie joins us now to tell us about her new book. Her website, by the way, is wanderwoman.ca. Hi, Debbie. Hi, thanks for having me on the show. Well, I'm excited to hear all about your book. Uh, tell me how the idea for your your book, 150 Nature Hotspots in Canada, came about. Well, actually, um, the publisher approached me about writing the book. A couple of years ago, I co-wrote a book called 125 Nature Hotspots in Alberta with Lee McAdam, who I believe you've had on the show before. Mm-hmm. She's been a guest, yep. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, Lee and I wrote a book about 125 nature hotspots in Alberta, and uh, it was on the Global Mail bestsellers list. And Firefly had also produced some other books, uh, Nature Hotspots in Ontario, Nature Hotspots in Manitoba and Saskatchewan, and Nature Hotspots in BC. And so they had this idea that they would like to do a book about the nature hotspots in Canada use some of the content from those other books and then expand it to include all the rest of Canada. And so they asked me if I would do that. Nice. So now, (laughs) have you visited all 150 spots? (laughs) No, I haven't. I mean, you know, so... That would be tough to do, I think, though, right? Yeah, it would be. And the thing is that um, I wrote about 55% of the book and then I've got contributions from the other writers that mm. contributed to the other sections. So they're super experts in their area. I visited every province in Canada. Not every single nature hotspot that was included in this book, but many of them I have mm. visited. And uh, so anyways, it was still a mammoth undertaking trying to narrow this down to just 150 nature hotspots in Canada. I mean, how do you do that? Well, that's my next question. (laughs) What was the criteria (laughs) to make it a a nature hotspot and how do you narrow it down to 150? Because you're always going to get someone that's going to say, well, what about this? You forgot that, right? Oh, I know. I'm certain that there will be people that say that. What, What we decided to do is we wanted some 
you know, of the key nature hotspots, the big ones that everybody knows about. But we also wanted to have a mix in there, some lesser known ones, some real hidden gems. So it's got it's got quite a mix. And there are a lot of nature hotspots in Canada, and some of them were left out of the book because uh, there just wasn't enough room in there. Mm-hmm. But but nonetheless, um, there are some amazing ones. So that's that's kind of how we narrowed it down. Then I, you know, then I contacted experts, you know, Parks Canada, the provincial tourism boards, the provincial parks for each province, and got their opinion. And then after I did that, you know, I came up with a list. And then I was, for example, when I was sitting on an airplane headed out to Quebec to visit some of the nature hotspots that I was going to put in in Quebec, and the person that was sitting on me, beside me on the aircraft mentioned another one that I hadn't heard of. And she said, you know, you really should include this one. And so <laughs> actually, Mont Orford is in the book because of that. Nice. So, yeah. Well, and you kind of, you, it's really easy to follow through the book, right? Because it's geographical. You start from the West Coast and go to the East Coast and just kind of pick through. And, and so to, to, you know, break it down into geographical regions, it's really easy to do if someone's looking for a specific spot, right? Yeah, for sure. And you know what I really like about the book is it has lots of photographs in it. So, it, you know, you can get a real sense of what these places look like. Um, now, it's like asking someone uh, who their favorite child is, but do you have some favorite spots out of the 150? Oh, <laughs> I know, that is such a hard question. And, you know, as a travel writer, I get asked that all the time. Um not just about nature hotspots, but where's your favorite place to travel? And it's a really hard answer, a question to answer because there's something to love about just about every place that you go. And just every province in Canada has some nature hotspots that I love. But um, so I don't know. I mean, you know, we could go province by province. <laughs> I, I kind of put you on the spot, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, I live in Alberta, so I mean, I I do love I love Banff, of course, and Jasper. I mean, Banff was Canada's first national park, mm-hmm. and it's still spectacular. And I love Jasper, and I love some of the other places that people don't get to very often, like Wood Buffalo National Park, mm-hmm. which is part in Alberta and part in the Northwest Territories. Difficult to get to but incredible if you can get there. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, you're right, too, about some of the places people will recognize, and like the national parks, some of the provincial parks, things like that. So uh, you mentioned uh, a couple of places that are that someone probably would never hear of. Or are there a couple that stand out in your mind that, um, you know, there's a lot in there that I have never heard of? So, <laughs> Well, probably some of the ones in the far north uh, people might not have heard of. Um, you know, I'm I'm thinking, have you ever heard of Narcisse Wildlife Management Area in no. Manitoba? No. Okay, so the interesting thing about Narcisse is the Narcisse snake pits, and they have 50,000 red-sided garter snakes that in the spring and the fall migrate into these snake pits. And so you could actually, and you can see a mating ball of snakes. Oh, my I, gosh. I know. I included <laughs> I included it under, you know, the special interest section. We have uh, best wildlife viewing spots. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, 
that is really unique. I think we should put the snake pits in there. You know, so... Um, well, at know, least they're garter snakes, right? They're not like rattlesnakes yes. or poisonous. Not poisonous <laughs> yeah. or anything. So you're completely safe uh, if you want to go view them. But there's that. I'm even... I remember the first time that I went to Churchill, Manitoba with my husband, I had asked him, you know, what do you think about going to Churchill? And I, I don't think he'd ever heard of Churchill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he wasn't very excited. But we went up there in the summertime and saw the beluga whales in their beluga whale migration. Mm-hmm. And we, we also saw four polar bears on that trip, even though it was summer and not the peak season for polar bears. Um, we saw those and just just the beauty of the far north. It was it was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And then I went back again another time and uh, went in peak polar bear season and saw the polar bears and the Arctic foxes and, you know, all of the wildlife, you know, the, the ptarmigan and, you know, had an experience, indigenous experience up there. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was incredible. I, I love Churchill, Manitoba. Also, I mean, Nunavut, I don't know how many people have been to Nunavut, but it's an incredible place, amazing landscapes, really humble people, and uh, living simple lives, and it's it's beautiful there. And, you know, I tried to see, I did put this in the, in the book, uh, I made an attempt to see the narwhal whale, but I have not yet seen it. <laughs> did go, I was right up there in Pond Inlet, but... We didn't see any on that trip, but, you know, I mean, I've always thought it'd be great to see a narwhal whale, kind of the holy grail of whale watching. Mm-hmm. Well, and you, you mentioned uh, previously that uh, some of these places are easier to get to than others, right? So that's something that people exactly. have to consider, right? Oh, definitely. And so we we didn't want to put just spots in the book that were incredibly hard to get to. We also wanted to put in spots that might be right next door to where you live, and hopefully you can open up the book to whichever province that you are in or you're thinking of visiting and find a place that you didn't know about that is going to be amazing to visit. Mm -hmm. Is that one of the best ways to use this book is just kind of open it up and just browse through it? And you can use it as a guide, I guess, if you're looking for something specific, right? Yeah, you could. There's a lot of information in there about uh, specific destinations. So you could use it like that. I think you could also use it as a coffee table book because Mm -hmm. there's so many pictures in it. And it just gives you a taste of what Canada has to offer. I mean, you know, right now with the whole pandemic going on and such, you know, we are a little restricted in where we can travel. And if in the near future that Canada is one of the few places on our our potential travel list. Mm-hmm. It's not so bad. We actually have it's not a, so bad. Lot, <laughs> a lot of amazing things that we can go see and do in Canada. How do people uh, get the book? Well, it should be available in all the bookstores. I know it's available on Amazon, too. I believe Costco stores will be carrying it across Canada. So it's in anywhere the books are sold. You nice. can get it. Uh, your website is wanderwoman.ca, and uh, Debbie Olson, travel writer and author of the book, 150 Nature Hotspots in Canada. There's more, but she narrowed it down to 150. So <laughs> <laughs> I thank you for your time, Debbie. It was a pleasure chatting. Thank you. Great talking to you. 
And that is this week's Informed Traveller podcast. Remember, this is the podcast version of the Informed Traveller radio show heard each week on Chorus Radio. You can find more information on the show at our website at theinformedtraveller.ca. So thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, let us know. Leave us a review. Tell a friend. And if you want to drop me a line, my email is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler. Or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.